You've eaten Gotham's wealth, its spirit, but your feast is nearly over. This is not my hole. It's an operating table. And I'm the surgeon. Why aren't you laughing? From this moment on, none of you are safe. Welcome to the Batman Book Club, a podcast that explores the Dark Knight Library. I am your host, Ryan Lauer. You can follow the Batman Book Club on Twitter at the Batman BC for upcoming episodes, new episode drops, and even some giveaways. You can also follow me on Twitter at Lauer underscore Ryan, Lauer, spelled like lower. The Batman Book Club is also a proud member of the Batman Podcast Network, hosted by BatmanOnFilm.com. Go to Batman, BatPodNetwork.com and you can see a bunch of other cool shows that share some of our uh, nerdisms, if you will. Nerd interests. A bunch of nerds like us have some cool shows. Check that out. You can also write to the Batman Book Club at, at the BatmanBC at gmail.com for any questions, comments, maybe some cur- concerns. Otherwise, send them to Eric Holzman. And lastly, please take 30 seconds of your time, if you'd ever be so kind, to rate and review the show. The link to that is in the description of this episode. Now, you can see in the title of this episode, we're going to be talking about the Joker War, which recently just wrapped up in the pages of the Batman comic series, uh, written by James Tynan IV, drawn by Jorge Jimenez. And I am not going to dive into that by myself. Joining me, you've heard his voice alongside Eric Holzman on the award-winning podcast, Straight Out of Gotham. You've seen his face on the Batman on Film vlog on YouTube, and I'm sure you've felt his presence every single time you've eaten some smoked meat of some sort. He is the Peter Vera. Pete, welcome, and thank you for joining me yet again. Ryan, this is uh, this is becoming a wonderful, wonderful uh, event of ours. Just <laughs> talking is. about bat books. Um, has has the other episode we did recently has it has that dropped? At the time of this recording, we are just three days away from wrapping up the Halloween spectacular month with your mega event episode, Madness by Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale. Wonderful. Wonderful. Yes. So uh, maybe I'll get some back-to-back action. I don't know. I don't know what yeah. you have up, up your sleeve, but. Oh, I've got a couple cards up my sleeve. Ho, ho, ho. Ho, ho. ho. Uh, but yeah, I was just going to say that too. It really almost feels like we literally just did this. Uh, yeah. Um, it kind of it kind of does. <laughs> and that's okay with me. That's okay with me. Because if I'm going to talk comics, I, I mean – We've got a variety of guests popping in and out of here, but it's always fun to bring in a professional such as yourself, who has a collection that we, all of us nerds should be envious of. I could I could put a down payment on a house <laughs> collection. Um, yeah, I say this all the time. I don't think uh, I don't think there's many people who read more comics than me, other than maybe Paul Herman. So uh, glorified company, as I like to say. <laughs> yeah, I I. That's good. Yeah. As far as my circle of um, people that I know, that I know and know me, Mr. Michael Uslan, he does not know me. Uh, so I, he doesn't count in this. But yeah, I'd say you and uh, Paul Herman, something with the P names. You guys yeah. just have if massive. I, if I'm not mistaken, Uslan donated a lot of his comic book collection to the University of Indiana, if I'm not mistaken. 
You're not mistaken. So, uh, so uh, I don't even think it's his anymore. <laughs> he's a, <laughs> and I've he's been to his house. It's big enough. He could find a place to put it. So You have. Oh, I mean, anytime you've been on here now. So I didn't even mention that the last time you were on, you you became, you became joined the Five Timers Club for the Batman Book Club. But you were the first person to reach six appearances on the show. But I don't think we've talked about enough of you coming on that uh, anybody listening, if you have not yet track down it's pretty simple Pete has tweeted it out he has interviewed the one and only mr michael uslin the man that is responsible for batman being in a live action film Pete got to go in his house got to meet his wife got to sit in a chair this was before social distancing was required yes. and have a full-on conversation with michael uslin it's a it's a lovely interview it's on batman on film it's on youtube pete's retweeted it about 400 times get on it and watch it it's a cool Cool. And uh, that was fun. It was, it, it might be the highlight of my, I guess, fanboy journalistic career, if I can even call it that. You know, uh, my hobby highlight. I don't, I don't know what to call this, <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, that, that was good. As you know, that's, that's almost as good as it gets. That and interviewing Tara Strong, that uh, Kevin Conroy. Woo! Um, yeah, no, there's a couple buddy. good ones. James Tucker. <laughs> I can't forget James. I love James. Uh, Kevin he's Conroy. A, yeah. Oh, he's a legend. Will, Will Friedle. Yeah, him too. Uh, no, that was me. That was me. I I let Haas. I was I can't hog all the glory. So for Batman Beyond, I, I was like Ryan, you like you can interview Kevin Conroy. I'm not going to try to steal it from you. <laughs> like you deserve this as much as I do. You know. So <laughs> yeah, you've got to, you've got to do quite a bit. I mean, my highlight, and I'm not ashamed of this at all. And it's because of Batman on film that I got to do a one on one interview with uh, artist extraordinaire Lee Bermejo. Mm-hmm. That. Yeah. That was great if, too. If I don't do anything close to that again, that's fine because he is, as I've said so many times on this show already, he is, uh, I think, tied with Mr. Norm Brayfogle, RIP, as my favorite mm-hmm. Batman artist of all time. So to get to meet and have an actual one on one, as in nobody was there, he was busy signing and talking to me. He was looking me in the eyes right. and talked to me for like 15 minutes. Gosh, that was wonderful. Yeah, that I mean, also, just uh, to get one of those is like, oh man, I can't believe I'm doing this. But I, I've, I've just been very fortunate to do several, so it's like I, mm-hmm. I, I could never do another one again, and I can die ha- happy, you know. So yeah. I'm just, I'm just very happy, very lucky, and uh, thanks, Bill, <laughs> first yeah. and foremost. <laughs> uh, so actually, and we, I was going to say we both can share a common interest there too. That both of us, at least in one of the interviews from each, um, were a hot mess. Yours would almost make a little more sense than mine. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that is a gif. I hope never makes it out of our circle. I think I've got it somewhere, but I would never release that without your permission. It is. Oh, uh, it's very funny. It is funny. I'm, allu- I'm alluding to. I mean, yours at least makes sense. Um, Tara Strong was flirting with you a little bit, and we got hot in there. Me, I, mean, I have want, no if reason. If you want to call that flirting, I'm sure. Let's run with that. Yeah, Tara Strong was flirting okay. with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll take that. <laughs> there you go. She was flirting with you. Yeah. Lieber Mayo was not flirting with me, and I was a hot, sweaty, droopy mess. And oh, I, geez. He, he probably told Bill like right after, "Hey, dude, don't ever let anybody try and interview me again because I'm over this." <laughs> oh man. So before we dive into Joker War, Mr. Vera, why don't you tell us what Batman books have you been reading lately, if any? Uh, well, I just finished Batman 101. That's uh, that's uh, I got to look at the long box, the short box here. Uh, what did I just finish reading today? 
Uh, it's not necessarily all Batman. Uh, I just finished Aquaman 64, Batman 101, Catwoman 26, uh, White Knight Presents Harley Quinn, number one, and the Stranger Things Halloween special. So that's what I read um, this week. Um, some good stuff. The Stranger Things, um, I know it's not DC, I know it's not Batman, but the Stranger Things Halloween special was really good. Um, I highly recommend it. It's a one-shot, it's self-contained. Um, it wasn't what I was expecting, and it was just it's just an adorable Stranger Things Halloween story, and it's just it was a blast. I um I if you if you follow Australia Gotham, we just uh, we dropped our own Halloween spectacular with uh, DC Comics uh, Squadcast co-host and uh, the Horror Comics Podcast host, Chris Rimmer. And I immediately reached out to him because I was like, dude, you've got to read this. This is right up your alley. I think you'll get a kick out of it. And um, so he'll take, he'll check that out. But uh, that's definitely the seasonal item of the of the week. Um, I know the DC released the Swamp Thing Halloween Spectacular as well. Um, so that was good. Uh, the Ram V stuff stole the show in that. But I, if you need one Halloween book this this season – Pick up that Stranger Things special. It was it was well worth the three ninety nine. Fantastic. Yeah. All right. Uh, do you watch the show? Are you caught up with Stranger Things? I have to watch season three. I also have to. I also have the uh, the comic book uh, Stranger Things into the fire. I got to figure out where that where that um, falls into place. But I have to catch up on Stranger Things. I am not so. Okay. I'm trying to figure out continuity. The, the the devil of every comic book fan continuity <laughs> and who, anyone who loves Fox X Men. <laughs> uh huh. Uh huh. So let's let's go ahead and dig into this uh, Joker War. It recently just wrapped. Uh, mm-hmm. Highly yeah. uh, marketed event. It was a big a big deal um, in DC Comics, especially in the Batman world. It ran through Batman issues ninety five through one hundred. So it was six. Six issues with the hundredth issue being, or the sixth issue being a uh, over a little oversized. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, written by James Tynion the Fourth, Jorge Jimenez on the arts, and Pete. Do you want to go ahead and say how you and I got to where we are right now and talking Joker War? Yeah, I mean, Twitter basically hates the storyline. Um, everyone seemed to just kind of dogpile on it and just say how much they didn't like it, and I just. I seem to be the only person who really dug it. Um, I think Paul Herman liked it as well. And I think Andy DiGenova, a Holy Bat cast also liked the story as well, but a lot of Twitter was very negative on it. And, you know, I just, I just reached out to Ryan and was like, I think we should do, I think we should do something about this. You know, it's a, it's a big bat mega event. It's recent. Um, You know, obviously it's, it's just over. So it's like we, and you know, your, your podcast is fairly recent. So let's talk about this. Let's have a conversation because I know you are, not too keen on the story as well. And I, I, I kind of think it's pretty brilliant. Excellent. Yeah. So you've got the VIP card for the Batman book club to where you say, Ryan, I want to do a show. I said, yes, sir. What do you want? Let's make it happen. And we basically just need to wait for this, um, for Joker war to wrap up. And then it was just kind of like, mm-hmm. Hey, let's free up our schedules. Now I'd seen if somebody is following along, I think I've gone back and forth as the issues were coming out and I was kind of like, I really liked parts of Joker war on one episode. And then on another episode, I was kind of like, eh. and I, I was very up and down with the series. And I told you that I was looking forward to reading it, you know, all the way through mm-hmm. in which basically I kind of did in almost one sitting and a book. I think it'll, it always, 
I understand why things need to come out. You know, now it's, uh, you know, biweekly, whereas it used to be just monthly for books. But I understand why they have to come out at that pacing. But then it's always unless you just know something is hot garbage when you first put your eyes on it. It's almost like things do need. Okay, we read it in pieces. Now let's read it as a whole and see if if things snap together better or worse. Mm -hmm. And I really wanted to do that before I talked about it with you because you, you really liked it. I was very up and down Um, upon rereading it. I think I'll say it did improve reading it in, uh, in my one sitting or all complete, Mm -hmm. but that doesn't necessarily mean of like, it didn't really jump up to such a high level of praise on my end. So I don't know exactly how the next, however long this is going to be, is going to play out, but I I have not been able to pinpoint. If you turn around right now and said, Ryan, tell me exactly what do you not like? I don't know that I can come right out and say, oh, this, 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 this. There's something that maybe I will discover in our conversation that will kind of be a source of why this isn't sitting as well with me as maybe it should. Okay. Okay. So you bear with me, Pete Vera. Okay. So where would you like to start in talking uh, about Joker War? I, I just, I think, I mean, obviously, uh, I feel like Punchline was the big character to make her debut. Mm-hmm. Uh, not necessarily her debut, but uh, she was a, she was a big part of the storyline. She's a fairly new character. But I think the character that really kind of stole the book was Alfred. And I think that the Clown Hunter, is that his, I can't remember if it's Clown Killer or Clown Hunter. But I think it's Clown Hunter. I think he actually is probably the most memorable character, new character to come out between him and Punchline. Um, it, he's he's just he's a teenager. He's 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 had enough of the Joker and he's had enough of Batman and he's taken action into his own hands. And you know it, it's a tragic story um, as the Joker has killed his parents and now he's kind of taking things into his own hands and he's defending his block so to speak. And by the end of the story, you know, there's a confrontation between him and Batman and Batman's like, I'm, you know, he gives him Leslie Thompson's card. And he's like, I know who you are. I know how many jokers you've killed. And, you know, he's like, this is your one warning. I, I won't stand for this in my city, you know, get help and seek out Leslie and blah, blah, blah. And there, it, it's kind of a, he plays coy with him and he tells him, he's like, I'll talk to Wonder Woman. I don't really have anything to say to you. And this kid's not really that intimidated. And, you know, he, he stands by what he believes. And so does the neighborhood and the neighborhood appreciates his actions. So I'm, I was like, the more I read about this guy, I mean, he's just such a badass, you know, like at one point he, he like, he, he basically, you know, puts a, he, you know, he's hunting jokers and these guys, these jokers are like in his Batmobile and they're like, kid, there's no way you're breaking into this Batmobile. And he's like, I'm, I'm not trying to break in. And he just pours like gasoline in this hole and he burns <laughs> these two guys in the car. And I'm like, this kid is such a badass, but, um, at the core of the story, I think it's the relationship of Batman and, and uh, well, Bruce Wayne and Alfred and just seeing how, even though Alfred has been gone in, in continuity, just the, you know, what Bruce interprets Alfred as, as Alfred is trying to, you know, motivate Bruce and try to get him to come out of this like toxic funk from punchline. It's just their interactions are so good. And Tynan is such a, a good writer. I know at times he can be wordy. And I know at times people claim that he likes to break down Batman to build other characters up, but I think he did a fantastic job between the Al- the Alfred and uh, Bruce Wayne relationship in the story. I can, I can definitely agree with you there. Let's let me go back to Clown Hunter first, and I really don't know how I feel about him because 
there are for sure of him him cutting into the story and like you said with the Batmobile and pouring the gasoline and then mm-hmm. him uh, fighting some other people that in a, in somebody's neighborhood they can appreciate somebody that just takes the matters into their own hands and is just like I'm not putting up with this shit. Yeah, and you, you get a neighborhood to rally behind somebody doing that. Like, uh, uh-uh, this is our like this is our home. Get out. Mm-hmm. Like, He's I feel like that's that's such a northeastern attitude, you know. And I I feel like that's a cool part of that I can get behind with this character. It is that back part where Batman confronts him that really gave me Damien vibes, and I wanted to backhand the little cocky bastard. Like, I just like he like. And I mean, part it's probably it's meant to be that way. The character is going to get more fleshed out uh, because he I think it teased that that was going to be. Was he going to be coming up in a punchline story? Punchline uh, is getting her own story. She's getting her own book for a little bit. I don't know if it's a maxi series, miniseries or what, but she is getting her own title, I believe. I think. Yeah. And I think he might have been it might have been at the bottom of like you know, next in something punchline, but then he's also going to be coming up in the Batman title. I think Batman 103, they just did a preview recently and he's going to be in that one too. So we'll see how that flushes out. But I, I kind of just, I don't know. It, it rubs me a little wrong. I think I'm a little bit of a, uh, you need to take your licks and show your respect and easier way into being certain ways with something. And I, I have a strong, shield up especially with batman if somebody new comes into a comic and they're just like totally just talked down to batman they're not intimidated by him and shit and like get the hell out of here this is batman you're talking to yeah i want him to just backhand somebody i get what you're saying but like you're also talking about a kid who's you know his parents have died at the hands of the joker um his parents were part of the zombified joker people in the monarch theater so, like, you know, when the police came up to him and said, hey, look, we found your parents' bodies, you know, there's a batarang in his mom's head, you know. <laughs> so I, I get where he's coming from and I get his his issues. And he almost feels like, you know, uh, he he has the same problem that a lot of people have is, yeah. well, how many times are you going to let the Joker live? And, you know, Har- Harley, you know, early on before the final confrontation of Batman and Clown Hunter in Batman 100, you know, you know, Harley's got the bomb and, you know, she's telling uh, you know, at, at in access and she's is uh, aces and she's telling Batman, she's like, you know, you got to pick. She's like, it's either him or me, you know, like you, what you've got to make the decision. Either you save me or save Joker. It's like, you know, cause you've let him off the hook too long. And that was, it, it was kind of an underlying issue that spanned a couple characters. And uh, I thought Tynan kind of did that really well too, you know, cause at one point, you know, Batman's got the, got, got all the Robins, as I like to say, including, including Batgirl on the roof. And, you know, Harley's like, I'm going to kill him. You know, if, if, this, you know, if he kills you, I kill him. If you don't do it, I'm killing him, you know? And, and it's kind of a, it's a very heavy moment. And then Tynan actually, what I, I love about that moment is he drops in a, a duck boy, <laughs> a Jim Drake. And uh, it's funny because Harley's like, shut up, duck boy. He's like, wait, duck boy. Duck boy? I, I can't remember this. I can't remember the comic, but there's, there's one comic book where Batman and Robin break into this guy's house and Batman uses this guy as an informant. And he calls Robin the pigeon. <laughs> and it, it's always funny to me when, I'm sorry, Rob Myers, when people uh, kind of, <laughs> I guess, uh, get get the, get the an upper hand on Robin with a joke. But um, yeah, I thought it was cool. You know, I, I just, I, I dug everything about the clown hunter, clown hunter and just where he was coming from and his motivations. Cause it's like, I could, I could totally see that. And like, you I, know, I totally, 
And you can yeah. see it kind of now. I mean, like with all the riots going on within the in the states and just everything going on, you know, Portland and it, just with everything that's going on, people are taking actions actions into their own hands. So it's extremely relatable right now in the present. Definitely got a little when when he described about his parents being in the Monarch Theater mm-hmm. in a battering and and when his next line was about like almost like killing them but letting Joker I mean it was worded differently but keep letting Joker live and I instantly in my head was the scene in uh Under the Red Hood movie where mm-hmm. Red Hood says that at the end in the big confrontation with Batman I'm like yeah, uh, yeah. but yet I'm not mad that you didn't save me but why do you not kill him and I think that's that is a good point that keeps coming back to uh, with the Joker and the Joker just kind of takes advantage of that aspect. So that's what I mean of, I, I guess. Also this kid's was, parents have essentially died twice, you know, yeah. at the hands of the Joker. So it's like, he's, he's twice as pissed off now. Yeah. I mean, we'll see, I guess as the, as he starts popping up and his, his story gets a little bit more fleshed out. I guess I was fine with him until it was just, he was disrespectful to Batman. I don't like people disrespectful of Batman. So maybe that's my uh, me being a little bit of a wiener about it, but that's okay. To jump to your Bruce Alfred relationship, I'm glad we're getting into this so early because I thought that was done really well, and it's in mm-hmm. such a weird, a weird way too. So that was done. Alfred was killed. I think man, I'm I'm not going to Google it yet, but something sticks out in my head that it was Batman number seventy seven. Probably, I know it was Something when like Bane that. took over the city, and you know Damien defied logic. <laughs> I don't know the exact issue, but yeah, I mean it was. I was like, man, like first of all, I'm like, I'm I, that bothered me because I'm like, Scott Snyder chopped off his hand, Rick Grimes style, and then <laughs> Tom King kills him. I'm like, why are we picking on the old English butler? Like, can we just leave this guy alone? But um. Uh. Yeah, no, I especially from issue one, like with the flashbacks and just everything going on in Bruce's mind from, uh, you know, to when the futuristic uh, bright blue bat suit, which with Mister Freeze and his two kids, which was awesome. I think I would love to see Mister Freeze brainwash two people, <laughs> two kids to be his <laughs> counterparts. I thought that would be awesome. But uh, and just everything. I mean, the coolest thing about the whole punchline toxin thing was it really brought out this just relationship and Bruce. Uh, you know, Bruce has such a history of having. I guess kind of like relationships as loose ends, you know, he never really got to say goodbye to his parents and he never really got to say goodbye to Alfred. And it's just, these are the things that motivates him. And I know the end result, everyone has a problem because it's motivating him to be a better Batman. And I, you know, we all know like what, where one-on-one leaves us, but like, and I kind of feel like a lot of people jumped on the negative train for Joker war because they know what's coming next. Mm -hmm. Well, it's, so he gets, Alfred Bruce gets uh, gassed and he's hearing Alfred in his head. So that's, that's easy to explain that it's in his head. He's hearing that, you know, um, that other voice in your head that we all hear and he's, he's got Alfred, but then to actually see, I was surprised a little bit to see Alfred had been in a sense resurrected and uh, his neck snapping that freaking neck snap shit in this whole, in all of this was kind of like, Whoa. Yeah. Um, but I was kind of waiting for, okay, where's the, ah, just a gag. But it didn't, that never came. It's like they played it by the end that they reburied Alfred. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like, 
you're left thinking, oh shit, this is the Joker really did dig up Alfred and did this gas to him that's brought him back to life as a, a giggly zombie. And then, yep, he's dead again. So they had to rebury him. And I don't know how that works. I don't know that we necessarily need to know how that worked, but it was surprising for sure. I didn't think we'd get a real zombie Alfred talking. I thought it was just going to, it was going to end in Bruce's head, just like it began. Well, it was kind of his trump card, you know, that's why he saved it till the very end. And, you know, at the end of uh, 100, when he says like, I had to rebury my father again, you just, you, you feel for the guy, you know? And it brings back, it brings back like, kind of like almost memories of like Alfred at the end of rises, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like, oh man, I failed you. You trusted me. Yeah, and I failed you. Oh, that one's a that's a heartbreaker every time. I'd like to. So I like how we're just kind of jumping characters to characters. Uh, I think a shocker for me in all of this. I really liked Harley. Yeah, it's, uh, I think it was issue 90, 98 was the big showdown uh, mm-hmm. between Harley and Punchline in the garden, and um, after she gives Batman kind of a a cleanse, a, a detox. Uh, I thought that was good, you know, and just the, the fight between the two of them, they're, they're exchanging blows, they're exchanging one-liners, and it's just, it, it was just, it was classic because they're so different uh, as counterparts to the Joker. You know, Harley's kind of a hench, hench woman, I guess, who uh, rose up the rose up the ranks and then Punchline really had to prove herself. And just overall, like Punchline's way more in line with the Joker than I think Harley is. You know, Carly's kind of reformed over the years, whereas I think Punchline is a is a, is an equal counterpart as in, as insane as the Joker. I think Harley has a little bit more fun than Punchline does. Harley's reached kind of like Catwoman levels of, you know, technically they make the list of villains, but they're kind of not now. But they're not one hundred percent pure good guy. Yeah, they told the like Superman. Yeah, they told that line and kind of dip on both sides. A little bit, but I I liked her. I it's like I almost liked her camaraderie with Batman in each issue, and mm-hmm. I don't know like specific like dialogues right now, but you know she's the one that that kind of that saved him and took him to that garden to help him, and then she was with him for the on the way to the big confrontation at the end, as well as giving him that ultimatum of like it's him or me in the big confrontation. I just think. She had moments, and I think Tynan did a really good job writing her and writing their dialogue of like I, I was in it. I was really zoned in on on like what they were saying, and I I just really liked that dynamic, and I thought she was good. And to you get really where she's coming from, like you know, mm-hmm. she's coming from personal experience. She goes, "He doesn't care about you. He's using you." Like, and I mean, we don't really know. I mean, by the end of Batman One Hundred, you know, the Joker almost kind of seems to be more in love with her than he ever was Harley. So, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> Especially because I feel like they're so methodical because, uh, you know, Punchline gives out that cryptic message and the Joker's like, oh, man, it's all in the message. He's like, you guys can't see it, but I can. And it, you could see that she really is kind of the opposite s- side to his coin. But, you know, you could see also where Harley comes from. is just like, I know him better than you. He's just using you. And, and almost like Punchline's kind of just love drunk at the time. And she's like, I, I just I know it like I've lived it. You know, and I think Tynan, Tynan in 98, he did a fantastic job of them. Like I said, just going back and forth. I mean, and there's a lot of villains in, in 98 as well, like Riddler, Scarecrow, Catwoman, Penguin. They all make cameos in 98. Yeah. And it's 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 a really fun issue. It might be my favorite uh, issue out of Joker War is issue 98. And that's the big, 
that's the big conversation between Batman and, and Alfred or Bruce as Alfred, you know, where Alfred smacks him and is like, you're Batman, you know, you are Batman, get, get your stuff together. Come on, pull it together. The city needs you, you know? And, uh, and that's when Bruce kind of wakes up and has his I'm Batman moment and punchline just jaw drops to the floor. So let's, let's get to punchline. How do you, you like her? Yeah, she's cool. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm, I'm. I'll be loyal to Harley till I die. I love Harley. She's, she's my girl. But I, I, I'm digging Punchline. I'm, I'm into this character. I know a lot of people claim it's style over substance, but I'm, I'm really into it. I, I just at this point, I don't really care about her. You know, I, I don't think. I mean, did you just care about Harley a... after one episode of the animated series? I can't remember. That's what I'm saying. As, she's, as, she's as got far as I remember. Well, it it definitely got. I mean, her issues on pre-orders is like this is Punchline's debut to where it was like before anything had even happened. It was like, hey, this is going to be a big thing because we're saying it's going to be a big thing. And I think the inner dick of Ryan kind of says, oh, no, it's not. I want to be a little rebellious. And I. There just nothing with her has really has sparked me yet. And I feel like we're supposed to have this big um, adoration for her. And I just, I don't yet. And it's almost to origin and Joker 80. That was all right. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't love her, but I mean, it was kind of cool and twisted Mm -hmm. and like that was cool, but I don't know something in fleshing it out here and how she's popping in and out. It's, I don't know what, that's what I mean of like with Joker where with the parts that I'm just like, I don't know what I'm just, I can't figure out why I'm just not about this aspect and this aspect. And I think punchline is one that it's just not, not clicking with me yet. And I think that by he, Tynan had provided enough dialogue and scenes with her that I should be able to choose. Like, do you like her or don't you mm-hmm. like he's given enough? And apparently a lot of people really like her. So yeah. I should, but even the cosplay community went crazy over punchline. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's just, you know, because she's new and it gives them something new to be creative with, but um, you know, I'm waiting for McFarlane to have an action figure. <laughs> I'm surprised he hasn't <laughs> done it already. Uh, he makes everything, everything Batman already, but um, it's coming. I hope so. Um, so I guess like the jury's out, especially if, uh, we, I don't, that issue is coming cause it, it teased in, mm-hmm. in one of these of like in punchline number one, like you can follow along. Uh, let's see what, what else do we want to hit on if, or we can just dive into the story. Uh, before we do, I just want to say like, I, I really appreciated the return of Oracle and the return of Dick Grayson in 100. Um, mm-hmm. I, I loved both of them. Uh, just seeing Dick come back in the blue suit, having having Bruce give it back to give it to him, and just making his entrance in a in a in a fight with Punchline, and then Punchline kind of being like, "Ha, huh, I got the numbers," and Dick's like, "No, I got numbers." You know, and it's it just to see the return of Dick Grayson is just a wonderful thing because he's you know Rick Grayson took over for a while and no one was really oh, happy. Rick, about, yeah, that that Rick, that uh, Rick. not Ricky Joe <laughs> Shoe, but Rick Grayson. <laughs> Uh, so it's nice to have, uh, Dick back in the, in the baby blues. Yeah. And I didn't like that. He was given the cover of 99 and it was like Nightwing, yada, yada, you know, he's the best and the greatest. Well, it's he like, is. Let's he was honest. given, 
he was given the suit back and then that's all that happened. And I'm like, I'm sorry, this is slightly misleading. I know it's not, but <laughs> it looks like we're being misleading. No, no, I know it's it's a little frustrating. It's like this shit needs to kind of come on. Stop. It's but a beautiful cover. It's a beautiful cover. It is. And I was like, oh, we're going to get some classic Dick Grayson, Bruce Wayne tag team ass kicking. Give me those. Give me those pages. And we didn't get that in that in that book. And I was like, uh, and waited the next one in which each character kind of got their own solo ass kicking shot um, in a page. But we didn't get that dynamic duo. And I'm I'm kind of a sucker for the original yeah, dynamic you. duo, you know, I'm like, give me some of those. And I'd have been I'd have been happy. So I think I didn't reread. I didn't reread Tynan's build up to Joker War. I'd only read the his dark designs once each as it came out. So because I thought that was a little it was a little muddy. Issue nine to four was a really good one. Uh, it was almost like a year one ish in the sense of like I shall become a better bat, you mm-hmm. know, and stuff. And and that was really cool. And I think I was hyped for Joker works. I'm like, they he's almost been teasing it. And then uh Tomasi on Detective, your book. I think there was a Joker issue there, and maybe it was teased in that somehow too. Am I correct? Uh it was Joker was there. Was, it was a Batman Two Face storyline, and Joker was in it teased at the very end of it. Um, it was okay. Uh, Thomasy's Thomasy's uh, tie-ins necessarily weren't tie-ins. Uh, there was yeah. one tie-in where Batman, you know, the chaos is going on in Gotham City above and Batman's in the sewers fighting Croc. You know, Batman's busy dealing with Two-Face and Joker. It's kind of alluding to the future, which is Joker War. Um, so there was that, but th- th- they weren't necessarily traditional tie-ins as mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to like something like, uh, is it ba- Batgirl 48, which is a real hardcore uh, Joker War tie-in? Oh you know, where he, I mean, which, which is arguably the best story in Joker war, you know, Joker breaks into Barbara Gordon's apartment, uh, uh, disables her, uh, mechanism that gives her the ability to walk. And she's essentially, uh, crippled crawling through her apartment, fighting the Joker. Um, it, I mean, amazing story. Absolutely amazing. Uh, it doesn't get, it didn't get enough credit w- w- when it came out. And, uh, that was that was incredible. So that was that was probably the best tie-in, and maybe even the best issue of, of Joker War. Yeah, I didn't know. I knew we were going to hit on some of those at some point in this, but I think I would flat out say that three issue Joker War tie-in with Batgirl I liked more than Joker War because I thought it was awesome. Yeah, no, forty-seven, was, forty-eight, really forty-nine were such good. It's a it's a Gordon family story, mm-hmm. but I mean. Barbara is obviously the star and yeah, that, that issue 47, like it's haunting, it's chilling, it's creepy. Uh, Barbara is, she's, she is just a badass. Like I like Barbara, Barbara Gordon, Batgirl. Um, and I think it was written really well and Joker had the upper hands and yet she didn't like back down or anything. I think that's just, that's a really good. And you can just see uh, how smart she is and how she planned everything out. And you know, Mm -hmm. So if somebody hasn't dipped into those highly, highly recommend don't you don't have to track down every single issue Joker tie in Joker war tie in, but those three issues they're must oh, read. salad. Yeah. And track you know, that down. series is coming to an end. Uh, they're having a, I believe next week, uh, a big uh-huh. oversized 
uh, finale in issue 50. So uh, get them before they were, before they're out. Yep. Before they're done. So I think uh, as I was getting a buildup for Joker war and getting excited, Tynan, I think really laid the groundwork. I've, I've had a criticisms or I've said criticisms with him and he really likes to tease what's coming. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel like he wraps up what we're in. So it could be like, we're in issue. Let me just say, uh, we've got issue 95 and he says, ah, oh, this stuff is coming in issue 96. So 95 feels unfinished. We get to 96 and he says, yeah, I know I said 96, but look at stuff is coming in 97. And I feel like he kind of gets in that rhythm and it bugs me a little bit. But I just think he's his own hype machine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, he does it on Twitter a lot, too. And, yeah. and he was doing that. But you guys just wait until you see. You wait until you see. And he did it to his credit. Like, he did it really good with issue 95. And yeah. it kept me really hyped for Joker War. I thought he laid the groundwork mm-hmm. really well. And in this reread, I thought he did it really well. I just kind of think that as those seeds were planted, it's almost like we skipped some of the we skipped some of the things that I really wanted to see. Like it was almost just kind of like in dialogue explained. And I think the best way that they kind of uh, caught us up was I don't remember if it was Harley when Bruce is kind of like coming to. And she's kind of telling him people are taking over the streets and people are, and there's like in one big two page spread, it's kind of got like, it's all of Gotham, but fires everywhere. And then a little piece here is like some uh, clowns with masks on with like a bazooka or something. Then over mm-hmm. here is like some violence and stuff. And that's kind of their way of uh, laying the groundwork without having to do it. Like in a ton of panels and a ton of pages, but otherwise it's almost like, in i don't know if it's issue 95 where we're teased at the very end the cliffhanger is one of bruce's bat planes is shooting into uh the wayne tower at him and then the page ends and it's like next month something and then when we open up the next page he's laying he's laying there with harley and i'm like we don't even get flashbacks of that's what's happened. It's kind of like it's said in dialogue and I'm like, Oh, but that chunk is kind of what I want to see. That's a cool piece you, to you see, see him escape the peril. I want to see him escape it. I want to see Harley coming in and saving him. I think that could have been a little powerful and that would have only held to the story, but instead it's like, Oh, we don't have that. Well, okay. And I don't have off the top of my head, like there's another instance or two where I felt like it was that same thing of they removed a chunk and said, well, let's just talk about it in a bubble and then let's move on to the next thing. And I'm like, but we're missing some aspects of like, that's kind of what I want to see. So maybe it's kind of like, I feel a little unfulfilled because I really like what they're the setup. You know, it's definitely to me reminiscent of Dark Knight Rises, of Bruce Wayne's financial mm-hmm. future is uh, in jeopardy. There's his a lot riches, of influence there. Yeah. Yeah. His riches are stolen. City's taken over by the bad guys, but we're getting so much talk of like. And they're using his is, toys. Yeah. They're using his toys and it's really exposition heavy in. The there's a lawyer that's something with the mayor and he's fighting the Joker and da, 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 and like Joker's got all this power because they're doing and it's like I don't necessarily need that told to me show me 
I don't know how you would do it, but that's why you get paid is to do that creatively. And th- those are just some aspects that I, that I missed, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm looking at it like 95 ends with the plane and Batman and then 96 opens with freeze and the hallucinations. And then him again, it's, it's another Alfred moment where it kind of shocks him into waking up. And then Harley goes into her kind of exposition and then it gets, yeah. in, we get into a little bit of a clown hunter. Um, but I mean, I just, uh, it's, I don't know. I, I, I just, I like everything that he, he gave us. It's like, I don't know. I'm more of a, I'll take what I can get instead of complaining about what I don't have. And that's just kind of like my philosophy when it comes to this stuff, even though I'll, I'll complain all day about Spider-Man, I guess, I guess I kind of break my own rule there. Um, but I just, I get into, well, I, get, I get that because I think I'm, I really try to refrain from that myself and say, well, if they'd have done this or I could have done this, it's like, but they didn't do that. And Ryan, you're not the writer. You're not the artist. Mm -hmm. You are, this is what you were given. What do you think about what was given to you? And that's how I try to. Mm -hmm. And I see your issues. I get what you want. You want to see how Batman gets out of it. But it's like, I kind of look at it as like, well, we we know Batman's going to get out of it. Just as like, Mm -hmm. we know at the end of the story that the Jokers didn't blow up in the explosion. You know? Well, it's funny. Yeah. And it's funny because I say that and say it with Dark Knight Rises. And I mean, some people are kind of like, how did Bruce Wayne get back to Gotham? And I'm like, I don't need to see that. Because, because he's, he's the Bruce goddamn he's Batman. Batman. <laughs> exactly. So I'm okay with that. But yet here I'm like, but no, I want to see how we got out of this situation. Like, I know that's contradictory. You're a passionate fan. That's all it <laughs> I know it's contradictory. I know it's not a big deal. And I know it's slightly hypocritical thinking, but I don't know. There's just aspects of that's those little snippets missing. I'm like, Oh, that would just, that to me would just be better. And mm-hmm. there I, I missed. So Tom King, when he did the war of jokes and riddle, the, the cool criticism, but also a little valid. I liked it period. I really liked it, Same. but it was, well, there's, it's called the war, but we didn't see a war that I think this Joker war was, much closer to being a war than war of jokes and riddle was, but it's like the Joker war, but I didn't see you imagine like for me, if you're to say uh Joker war, like Ryan, what do you envision? I'm like a lineup of jokers and the Joker is in the front ready to charge and just start shooting, slashing, whatever. And mm-hmm. we didn't, I didn't see that with Joker. He was almost it's almost like he was supposed to be haunting each page. Like, you know, his presence is there though. We don't see him, mm-hmm. but I didn't, I didn't feel that kind of like way back in the new 52 run with uh death of the family. I felt the Joker's presence in that whole story, even though, even when we, w- we didn't see him. And that's almost like my, what I measure this up to of like, well, Joker's the one pulling the strings behind the scenes, but I just don't like when he's absent from the page to me, he's t- it's like he was absent from the story. I didn't take it like that. I took it kind of like, I don't know if I'm going to use this right, but it, it almost is like a metaphor. Like when you say Joker War, you're thinking the onslaught of what's going on in the city. You know, you're thinking about the clowns and everything. But to me, when I finished reading this, Joker War to me meant the personal attack of Joker on Bruce Wayne. And that meant him using Alfred, trying to use Alfred uh, against uh, a Batman, whether it was with the hallucinogens or uh, w- with the ultimate, like, you know, with the reanimated corpse and, the, you know, the taking of the Wayne money, essentially taking everything that his parents built and using it against him in a, in almost like a, a mental sense, 
You know, while again, physically there's crazy stuff going on in the city, but that's what's going to eat away. And Bruce even said it. He's like, he took my parents, he took everything my parents built and he's, he's using it on my city. And that's kind of like where his mind is twisted and everything. And then you have Alfred kind of using it and saying, Hey, look, you got to pull yourself together, get out of this, break out of this funk. And you know, there's the hallucinations in this, in this story are really moving to me. Like it really gets me at times just whether it's like I said, the future, the I guess the future state Batman <laughs> uh, uh-huh. with Mister Freeze, or just just him, you know, in Wayne Manor and Alfred kind of smacking him around. Like those are the moments that really get to me. And then finally seeing Alfred as that zombie, just cackling, and ultimately, and then at that moment, you know, Alfred laughing at the Joker and the Joker telling Alfred to shut up. Like it, it's almost like Alfred mocking the Joker because of what he he brought upon himself. That's how I took. It. I I, I kind of I didn't take it as a literal war, almost as I did as a as a mental attack on Bruce Wayne Batman. Okay. Well, I like your thinking. If I if I wrap my head around your your thinking, it'll improve the story for me for sure. I think you mentioned the future story, or it takes place in the future, but yet it was just something that Bruce was just hallucinating, I guess. But that that Mister Freeze uh, scene with that new Batman suit. Mm-hmm. Now, do you remember the, Oh, I remember I mean, how I, everyone complained about it. Yeah. <laughs> apparently it was a boring day and everybody had just been quarantined too long because the feedback on that was just ridiculous. And you'd think that us nerds would have learned by now to just wait until something comes out, but we don't learn our own lessons because everybody had a hot take I think it heavily swayed toward the negative and oh, people definitely yeah. like it. And, but, and to where Tynan had to even come out and even say something to try and cool some jets of like, it does play a part in the story. It's not what you think. Like just wait until the issue comes out. And then it's like, yeah, you fools. It was like six pages. It was a hallucination. Yeah, but like and when they do that, <laughs> like, what do they expect is going to happen? Look, I didn't like it. I said, I didn't like it, but then again, I didn't attack. I'm not going to attack a creative person until the end of the story. Like I remember when everyone was going crazy on Tom King, I tweeted the guy. I was like, look, I'm not a huge fan of what's going on right now, but dude, I'll wait until the end of the story to actually kind of attack you. And he liked my tweet, which is awesome. <laughs> He's like, yeah, he's like, cool. I appreciate it. But it's like, just he probably got his bodyguard that went with him to comic cons and stuff. He probably <laughs> had him study your face. And he's like, if you ever see this guy. <laughs> um, but it's like, just, just wait until we see what happens, you know, like, and it, it's just weird. It's a weird concept for a bat suit, you know, but then to see the, the Joker use it at, in the story is kind of interesting. Cause then it reminds me of that hot toys, Leto Joker. Yes. And oh. that's the first thing that I thought of. And I was like, it's cool. And then it's also like, it, it wasn't designed by Bruce. Lucius took the liberties and it's like, well, <laughs> why would you, I, I, I don't understand why Lucius did it, but I like where it played into the story. Yeah. I don't know what the purpose of it was supposed to be. It's like, it was shown to us. Um, it, to me, it seemed like a slicker, like, suit for to battle mr freeze specifically mr freeze and Mm -hmm. that's it but that wasn't really said and it was kind of like it was teased with us and then it just came to play at the end but it seemed as if it was supposed to be some like oh my god joker's got that suit and instead it's just like oh he took the suit from earlier and that was kind of it like they didn't tell us why it was so special yeah it kind of gave me vibes of like man of steel when 
uh, Kal-El is just, you know, walking through the, uh, the Kryptonian ship and uh-huh. just automatically there's a red and blue Superman suit there when we're used to seeing everyone in Krypton just wear black yeah. <laughs> or some kind of weird armor. And it's like, well, how'd that get there? You know, like <laughs> I was just come from. Yeah, I'm just kind of like that's that's kind of what I uh, what I pictured in my head. I was like, well, where did this suit come from? And it's just weird. Like it's you know, it's not like the the prototype with the sono modifications. There's no real explanation to it. It just appears. But you know, it, it was interesting that that was the suit that the Joker adopted and then manipulated into his own little style. And uh, I, I tell you what, it's, it's definitely a flaw. A- like it's not one of the highlights of the story. I don't really like it, but it's it doesn't take away from what I do enjoy about the book. Well, something weird might not be a popular opinion. Like I actually kind of liked it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't. I don't know why. It's a weird thought- color combination for Batman, in my opinion. It, and it's too. It seems too shiny for the Dark they, Knight. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's why I could adapt it to a Mister Freeze battle. Uh, right. There's something to do with uh, with ice and the cold with it because otherwise, I mean, just like that hallucination, Batman was wearing that suit. It was daytime as he was fighting Mister Freeze, mm. and so I mean, the whole point of that hallucination was the fact of like, oh, brighter days. It's going to get to a point where there's no crime. Batman can be yeah. in the day and Bob all that. So I get all that. But in the end, it's like they make a McFarlane suit like that. You bet I'm going to get it. I and, highly doubt they will. <laughs> like I mentioned Man of Steel. It also reminds me of Batman and Robin. How like, yeah, if you read like, I guess I think it's like the novelization or you dig deep into like Batman and Robin lore and Schumacher lore. You find out that like the bat hammer is the, the metal that's made of the bat hammer is what is supposed to be the silver stuff on those on those suits. And mm-hmm. that's kind of like ice to turn or whatever. It's some kind of special alloy or something that kind of protect them from Mr. Freeze, but it's never stated, you know, they just pop up in them and it's like, well, why are you guys wearing this? (laughs) It's a weird thing, (laughs) but it's, it's also kind of like at one point, like the Joker says is like, well, he's like, what did you think Gotham or who is, it might've been Alfred, but it was like, well, what did you think this was going to be like Metropolis just with less aliens? You know, it's just going to be this bright, did you envision this bright alternative to what Gotham ultimately can be? And like, okay, like I kind of see where the, where that shiny suit was coming from. It's, you know, but it's it's also weird because again, it was created by Lucius. It wasn't created like by Bruce, and he's having this hallucination, and it, it's just weird because even Bruce is like, "Where did this come from?" You know, like it it, mm-hmm. it just it randomly pops up, and there's really no explanation into what it what it is and what purpose it serves, other than just maybe just you know, it was a chance for Jimenez to just get creative and ex- express his talents. Yeah. Let's talk about Jorge Jimenez. Oh, I, the this, guy, he, uh, I, I love his artwork. I mean, and I've said yeah. this on Twitter and he, he liked my tweet when I said it. it was like, I'm just so happy to have him on a Batman title. I know he's been on Justice League and stuff, but I mean, he's so enthusiastic from his interviews at Fandom when he was talking about this and creating Punchline and creating Batman, uh, not creating Batman, but just creating his own like version and interpretation of Batman and everything like that. It, it was just, it, it, he's so like enthusiastic. He's a real fan and you could just see it like, the guy has a smile that goes from ear to ear and it's just, he loves what he does and his passion just comes through on the page and you could see it with every just line and every stroke of his, of his pencil. It, it's, it's fantastic artwork. I mean, it's yeah, beautiful. He, he worded something on Twitter and it wasn't like, Oh, boohoo me complaint or anything, but it was kind of like he wanted Joker war to be his, like he drew mm-hmm. each chapter of the Joker war, but in order for that to happen it was like some insane amounts of overtime on his part to do that and he was kind of like 
I want it to be mine. I wanted to do it. I love this. I want to do it. And he was just like pulled up, you know, rolled up the sleeves and just had at it. And so it's kind of like the guy who was a, a drawing machine. It never let up. You don't see like, Oh, in this issue, I bet this was the one that he had to hurry up and rush. It's like, no, it's consistently great from issue 95 to 100. And I, I like his designs. Uh, I, I like his, I, I didn't look and see who his nightwing is amazing. It's absolutely amazing. His nightwing's really cool. It's so good. Um, I like the, I mean, it's nerdy and maybe a little cheesy, but in that issue 98, when Batman spreads his wings toward punchline mm-hmm. oh, and he says, incredible. I am, and then Batman's in the wings. Yes. It's like, okay, that's cool. No, like, I don't really care. That's really cool. And it's almost like that looking at that kind of exhibits, like that's Jimenez, uh, like shining through in the page. And his artwork isn't, I want to say it's not very traditional. Like there's not like nine panel grids. There's not really seven panel grids. And his, I mean, it's a combination of like three, four panels and like splash art, or there's art within art. You know, like if you're looking at 96, when Bruce is thinking of the Monarch and he's beginning of the hallucinations, like he's, he's kind of like, he's, he's like kind of scratching his temple. And, but in between, like underneath his chin and between his chest and through his arm is, a picture of his parents walking down crime alley with him. And it's just, he gets very creative with his artwork and it's, it's kind of like inspiring, you know, like I recently did uh, a, a review of detective 1028 and Nicola Scott, Nicola Scott drew that book. And she, it, it's a very traditional art where she's, where the, you know, she's really using the the power of like a seven panel grid and it, it's, it's cool, but this is, I, I don't think I've ever seen anything really like this where he's just kind of like, it's hybrid artistic work. Like there's in some pages, there's almost no panels, you know, it's just art within art and it's, it's just kind of jaw dropping. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I know Gillum March did issue one Oh one. I think I looked up one Oh two and I, I don't, it wasn't either one of these two artists. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of wondering slash hoping that Jimenez is coming back to the Batman title because I mean, put him on a book, especially well, if it's Batman, I'm going to read it, period. Right. But you put him on a book. Now it's like he's a draw for me. And did he do you said Justice League? Did he kick off with Scott Snyder? Oh, man, I have to look it up. I'm not I'm not to- I'm not totally sure. I know our friend Garrett Greb, uh covers Justice League and he would have been able to answer that right away. Um, Nope. I am incorrect. I'm wrong. I could have swore that I'd seen his work with. He was on it at some point. At some point. Okay. He just didn't kick it off. But anyways, I don't know. Do you know off the top of your head? I think you said some Justice League, but do you know his work? Of like you could direct me even of because I I mean it and like oh I'll check it out if he's. He's, got he's popped up and think I can't nothing off the top of my head, but it's not like this isn't the first time I've been exposed to his artwork. So like when I saw that he was drawing it, I got excited. But then when I got actually, you know, like it, there's a big difference between casually seeing someone pop in a, up in a book for like an issue or two and then seeing them literally just draw like six issues in a row, you know, because then you're really familiar with them. And then if you sit down in one sitting, it's it's just constant. So it's, it's you get you get used to their habits. And like I said, like. I was fascinated by how he like his his work within panels, and I'm like, that's something that I took note of immediately because I'm like, oh, this this looks different. Like I haven't seen this before. So, um, 
Yeah, I, off the top of my head, I can't think of anything that he, okay. he's drawn. But um, Nothing like putting you on the spot. Hey, this person here, tell me exactly what yeah. book he did. Go. Let's see here. Uh, Google it. Let's see. Comic-Con art. I don't want Comic-Con art. That DC Nation number zero, I think it was called, that came out uh, – so he's done a lot of cover to the wedding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did. He did that cover. It's got like the Joker and stuff's kind of like a lightning bolt that's split with some other stuff. Looks like he did um, some I Super Sons covers. Uh, looks like he did a lot of Earth Two Society. Let's see here, artists. Uh, well, DC Comics is there. So, like, I'm gonna say like just around Justice League twenty. It seems like he pops up. Okay, that must have been on. You you guessed it, my Hoopla app when that book dropped in, of a Justice League whatever, um, yeah, that's like deluxe I mean. edition. That's because mm-hmm. that that picture just popped up when I googled it, and that's what I was thinking. But that and that was a cool story too. I dug that. I like that story. Let's see here. I'm trying to think. Uh, yeah, definitely heavy in the Super Sons and Justice League. Okay. Well, uh, I'm gonna check it out. Superman Rebirth Deluxe Edition Book One, also Superman. So, su- and he did some super su- uh, Superman. So, check that stuff out. Okay, you heard it there. Follow Jorge Jimenez. He does he's a good too. job. Like he's very responsive. Like he loves his fans. He's he's one of those creatives who appreciates. You know, I, I'm sure. I, I mean, everyone appreciates compliments, but like you know, I, I, people were very adamant they did not like the blue batman suit but uh, you know he as long as you're good to him he's good to you you know he mm-hmm. he's like that and you know like i said his artwork like you could see the passion in the pages like this guy loves it and like what you said earlier like how he wanted to make joker war his like it reminds me a lot of what Fabox said about three jokers you know yeah. like how i waited to pick a batman title i wanted you know the right writer i wanted the right content to do it and that's why uh, Fabok picked uh, three Jokers to team up with Jeff Johns, and it's like you. And I mentioned this earlier, like in Fandom back in uh, August, you know they they did a whole uh, a whole segment on Joker War, and like he was more than excited to just work with Tynan. Like he likes Tynan stuff, and they seem to have mm-hmm. a good um, back and forth. And you know, Jorge was just like he, like I said, like that's when you just you could see it in his face how happy he was to be drawing Batman. You know, like it wasn't, it's not a team up book. It's, you know, like I'm sure he felt the same way about uh, Superman, but to actually just be, to delve into that whole world and you, you draw Gotham city and everything that comes with it. I mean, and his Bullock is amazing too. Like I think, I think they both nailed Bullock in, in this story. Like I, I really enjoyed his, his few appearances. Yeah. So I wanted more Bullock, but I, I know that it's not like the, sto- the story was, suffering because he wasn't in it it's kind of like there was a it's almost like the we got him what in the in issue 95 and then we didn't see him again until issue 100 and it was almost like that with the the lawyer we saw the designer we saw him in 95 unmasked and then we saw him masked and then we didn't see him till 100 and it's gonna some of that stuff and you'd mentioned that you liked the that we saw like Catwoman Riddler the Underbroker, Mr. Underbroker. Underbroker, there we go. Yeah. And you liked seeing how we had like Catwoman, Penguin, Riddler. But to me, it's almost like a little, oh, they were only in it to get well, you, you to. Catwoman 25, which is a tie-in. Which, yes. Ram V, 
Catwoman 25, I've raved about this on Twitter, an amazing issue of Catwoman. Like, absolutely fantastic. Probably the best since Joelle Jones started with that run, like when she bought Catwoman back. I mean, that, Catwoman 25, I can't rave enough about that book. And I just read 26 today. I mean, fantastic stuff. Really, really great stuff. Pick up both of those books. I read 25, and I agree that it was good. Yeah. I feel like that their insertion into Joker War, uh, Joker War was simply just to get you to read uh, Catwoman 25. And of course that's when you look at it as a business standpoint, it's like, well, yeah, that's, that makes sense. Like that, that's point the, the attention. And so that's what they do, you know, like yeah, tie in issues and stuff like that. I mean, remember, remember the bat cat stuff, those wedding prelude issues, which were <laughs> absolute trash. Yeah. So it's like, it's just a comic book industry thing. That's what they do. They're, they, they, it's business, it's money. And sometimes Sometimes it doesn't pay off, and sometimes as a comic book reader, and sometimes it does. Because just like look draw at, that line, and we're going to have the, a big decision to make because Future State is going to draw that line, and whether you want to read about characters who are not the characters you grew up in, that's where you put your hard stance. You know, you speak with your wallets as a consumer. You let them know what you like and you don't like. I mean, I didn't like Superman Bendis stuff. I dropped it. I didn't like you know uh, Grant Morrison's Green Lantern season one. I stopped reading it because it confused the hell out of me. And that's where you speak with, you know, like if, if you're buying all these things and you're spending money, they're assuming you're, they like, you like what they are yeah. doing. And if you don't, then they get the picture. I tell you, I'm kind of, I wonder how future state will play out on if it's really for them to realize that people didn't care for it. It's almost like nobody's going to have to buy the first, you know, either issues of anything because I can see so many people thinking, well, it's just two months. Let's see how this plays out. I'll, you know, it's what two issues or three issues or something in total. Mm-hmm. And just like, it's whatever. I'll just try all three. Nope. Didn't like it, but they still bought all three of the issues. It's going to be a very tricky water to tread. So I guess they're just going to have to go online, which that's a dangerous place to go for, uh, to take the temp of, of us comic readers. But it's, yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll wait and see. There's a um, lot. There's a lot of future state that has my interest, and there's a lot that I want to look at. But there's also stuff that I'm very weary of. You know, and I think just- I, I think for you and I, just and many others too. And this is not trying to have a cynical approach to it. It's kind of like we understand the formula and what they're doing, and we just kind of want a little bit of like, well, we've been through this countless mm-hmm. times already. Mm-hmm. Uh, like. It's not going to stick. We kind of know what you're doing. Therefore, you know what? I'm going to take a break for two months. Um, fortunately, we get to take a peek it's, early yeah. because we get to do reviews it's for like what Batman Snyder films. did with Gordon Batman. I didn't like yeah. it. I didn't buy those books. But yeah. then again, like I did collect them later on, but DC didn't get my money. The comic book store got my money. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So you that's the decision you make as a consumer. And future state, I don't know how I fe- I don't know how I feel about these three Supermans. You know, I don't know how I feel about two other people being Batman. You know, two, there's two Wonder Woman. Like I, it's it's weird to me, but the the Red Hood stuff I'm interested in, the Wonder uh the Nightwing stuff, the Robin stuff, uh the Green Lantern stuff, there's a lot in there. I just as a Batman fan, I'm very weary about what they're doing with Batman. And there's a lot of setup in one-on-one a future state. Like I, it's a, you could see it a mile coming and I'm not going to blame Tynan for that. I'm not going to jump on the Tynan hate train. Uh, it's a PC <laughs> mandate and it, it, he's just doing what he's told. And that's, and I'm just like, I'm, I could, I could, I could see it coming. I just, I could see it happening. I know what they need to do. Tynan needs to announce that he's a, 
for a future state, he's uh, kicking off a Duck Boy number one issue. He would love that. He's such a Robin head that he'd love that. And it's just, oh yeah. I mean, I mean, right now he's also got an indie book out, Department of Truth, which is an amazing. It again, like he's very Tynan's very good at writing within the times. You know, like Joker War kind of, and and the Clown Hunter kind of reflect what's going on riot wise within the country. But I then, didn't put that together until you said it. Like yeah. that's a very and, good observation. Yeah. And then he goes even deeper with that politically with his Department of Truth story. And it's a very heavily influenced political story. And, it, you know, Lee, Lee Harvey, uh, not Lee Harvey, what's his name? Who's the, uh, who shot Kennedy? It, there's a lot of the Kennedy, it's a, there's a lot of the Kennedy assassination in there. And you're just like, wow, like I didn't, I was like, I wasn't expecting this. And it's, it's very interesting stuff. So like, he's a, he's a very like current events writer. And it's, it's refreshing to see because, you know, like a, a lot of this stuff is fantastical, but to see someone take that and adapt it to Batman is, is kind of refreshing, you know, because it's mm-hmm. like you're paying attention to the events and you're using your voice. Like, you know, a lot of people get on, um, you know, celebrities and creatives and they're like, oh man, just, you know, like, you know, hey, LeBron, shut up and dribble. Well, like, you know, these, these are, these people are citizens they have an influence. They have a voice. They have a platform. They should be allowed to express themselves regardless of the topic. You just have to choose whether you want to listen or not. You are correct, Lee Harvey Oswald. I didn't want to interrupt you, but you are correct, Pete. You know your history. I yeah, so, uh, sometimes I think <laughs> when I talk, and it it like I get tongue tied. Started shooting out names. Yeah. Um, I think it was something in. Uh, I know I just read this, but that's where I think definitely in some pages it, it got me in it's wordy. And I think that's a little bit of like, uh, I know dialogue, but also like we don't need everything just completely explained uh, and laid out. You can see but, the 80s influence in him though. Like the 80s comic books were very word. Like Marv Wolfman writes a lot, you know, like you could see those, in, that those influences on him. Yeah. I think it was something in, uh, when Joker after Batman like broke the mask off of or the cowl off Joker and they're kind of face to face and Joker's kind of doing some long is that 99 some some no in 100 sorry in the the face off okay. the big confrontation and there's just like some of that I did relate to a little uh I don't know it, it did relate a little to the times I was like I'm am I making this up or is he maybe kind of subtly hinting toward the times? And I think it now it sounds like no, he's, I think this is probably he, intentional. No, he, he, he writes his writing is influence. I mean, don't get it. We also got off the Tom King rung. There were issues where Tom King didn't use any words at all. <laughs> yeah. You know? So I mean, if you want to talk about a complete yin and yang event uh, going from King to Tynan, they couldn't be too different in how they go about their writing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's talk about uh, as we start. I think start to get closer to the end than the beginning. The big speech of where the Joker's kind of laying out the purpose of the Joker War. Like, what mm-hmm. did you get out of that? What's the point of Joker War? Again, again, like it's just about him. It's just it's the uh, the mind. It's just messing with Batman's mind, trying to break him mentally. Uh, while everyone is outside fighting physically, it, the battle within Batman's mind, that's where I think the Joker War takes place. And I think that's what the Joker's alluding to. 
I just don't think the Joker expected Harley to put the wrench in the gears. You know, like the Joker's always trying to get, I, you know, like I know in Dark Knight, you know, he always says like, we're going to be doing this forever. But the Joker, I feel like the Joker is always trying to get the Batman to break the rule to kill him. That's that's the only motivation the Joker has. That's why the Joker can't kill Batman because Batman's got to kill the Joker. And I think that's it. Like that's when Batman finally breaks and that's when the Joker wins. And that's where I think the Joker war takes place. And, you know, like I said, Harley screws it all up because Batman chooses to save Harley and not the Joker, knowing full well that the Joker had a bat suit on and can get away. You know, so it's, it's again, it's like Batman, again, makes the right decision because he knows, <laughs> is it the right decision or not? But Batman knows the Joker's not going to die. Batman knows he's not going to kill the Joker. But I think he's more afraid that Harley will do something that she'll regret. So he has to save her. Hmm. Okay. Props. Gotcha. I'm going to quote. How did you? One of his, well, in his big, in this page in uh, 100, Joker's kind of sitting on top of Batman. And he's kind of saying about like, look, Bruce, you, you don't understand Gotham. You don't even live in the mm-hmm. city. You're out in the fancy suburbs. So he's hinting along the lines of like, you're trying to change Gotham and you need to accept what Gotham is. And he says, Batman was a stupid little kid, stupid idea. And now the city sees it for how hollow it is. And something with that is, I think that's where I get, the point of this story is just muddy to me a little bit because the Joker to me that I like, and of course I like different variations and interpretations and such, but what resonates the best with me is like the Joker is Batman's biggest fan. He loves effing with Batman. So Mm -hmm. he loves the idea of there being a Batman and this kind of that right there of like, this is such a stupid little kid's stupid idea to me is almost like, Oh, then he's not a fan of this idea of there being a Batman. I could kind of get along if there'd be some more. If it would have just been the joke is that you're trying to change something that will not change. That makes sense to me because that's the Joker's sense of humor. That's well, out of the that why he thinks Batman is stupid because he knows he can't ultimately do anything he really wants to do. He just keeps delaying the inevitable until somebody escapes from Arkham and has to do it again. But I don't think that he'd call him stupid. Like, I don't think like Joker, he's not like a man of questioning intelligence or vice versa, because Batman knows how intelligent Joker really is, too. Like, and I know this and I try to refrain from being like, oh, no, Pete, because it's like it's a damn comic book. I know. But in really trying to zone in on like maybe what's kind of not resonating with me is that of I I don't feel like. I, I don't think he's that just doesn't seem natural to me you know for him to even call him stupid he would find something this is hilarious hilarious being the substitute for stupid okay i don't know i have no idea if that makes sense or not i I think it's it's such a it's a long speech and it's almost like this should be the meat and potatoes of like, okay, if you didn't get it by now, here it is laid out for you on what the point of this is. And I kind of just, I, I don't get the full on point of what the Joker war is. And then in those, those extra at the, at the end, you know, it, it goes, it bounces around teases what's coming up next, which that was, I was like, okay. And then I had the clown hunter, but then it has the one, 
short story in the diner. That's great. I love that. I really liked that. I thought that was great. I thought it was cool. I don't know how that guy can't see underneath that hood. <laughs> like no. you, I'm reading it. I'm like, you moron, run. What are you doing? No, right. Show him the video. Get the hell out of there. What are you doing? The hoodie itself is being is his colors, green and purple. But he's got his green hands are white. <laughs> yeah. Red fingernails, white hands. It should be pretty obvious, but I mean, that's okay. This I guy thought... must be like from Bloodhaven. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the and I can't tell you how many times I've reread that portion to try to figure out what punchline's actual message is because the Joker says okay. it's clear yes. as day. But it's like when when Snyder was writing uh the Batman Who Laughs, he had subliminal messages within the story, but he always highlighted like one word in a word bubble that you ha- and it was like highlighted red. And you had you know, you read the main you read the page, but then you reread the one red word in each bubble and it was a completely different sentence. I can't figure out what Tynan, like, unless it's supposed to be exposed later or in, in the punchline series or something else. I've read, I've read those panels. I can't tell you how many times and I can't figure out what her game is. Well, then I, I feel like that's kind of a failure on Tynan's part. I don't think that's, that's our fault. Cause I've read it over and mm-hmm. I don't know what, what it is. I, 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 I'll agree with you on that. Yeah. And it's kind of like, sorry, you and I are avid comic book readers. You even more so than me that if like, collectively we're not getting it i'm not saying we're the smartest people of all time but it's like between the two of us we should be able to piece it together and i can't well then that means that he either doesn't know what he's he's doing or he just like no you just made it too complicated because i i just didn't i kind of don't understand what her little confessional is yeah like i mean maybe one word could have been italicized or bold in some way or different color that way it means okay then go back like i said like snyder did and reread it and then you'll get it and you'll understand it but i i keep trying to figure it out and i'm like i i was like i clearly can't be batman or tim drake because i can't i'm not a good enough detective to figure that out i could be a twitter detective and find dumb stuff online but i can't figure out these clues (laughs) I mean, and then to go from there to Joker and he said, uh, you see, this is a test to see how far I could push things. And he kind of implies of like, and that right there, I'm kind of like, so I like this whole little short story at the very end. Mm -hmm. Overall, I like it, period. Mm -hmm. But then it's almost like, damn it, this is now this is classic Tynan of you see what you just read. Well, that was the tease for what's coming. Yeah. And and he did it right here too. And it's like, but this was going so well. I don't need that. Like, leave that out of it. And that's the kind of stuff that I think that can bug me with his writing. Cause I read all of his detective run, and you were a big fan of his detective run. A mm-hmm. lot of people loved his detective run, and I wasn't one of them. And so I had hesitations when he got on the Batman run. And so far, I'm not I'm not sold. And he's had 15. 16 issues mm-hmm. on the Batman run now. And I'm just like, eh, to where if it said he's leaving and somebody else is coming on, I'd be like, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Even after this now with you. And I think in retrospect, it's looking like I like this more than I thought I did. So, but still it's not like, Oh, I love James Tynan. Keep him on Batman forever. And this is just like an indicator. I'm not trying to find something to pick apart. I'm like, see, there it is. Like, but that's just, well, I mean, you can't, if I'm the epilogue, he teased an entirely new character, the ghost maker. And we, who knows when he's going to show up again, you know, I just, and sometimes it's like, 
why can't we just close the book? Joker War, Bruce burying Alfred at the whatever, says some nice words. The end. Because we're all coming back in two weeks when the next issue's out. Yeah, so it's, we don't, it's almost like they try to tease something for an audience they don't have. You know, like, we're yeah. going to buy the book again. We're not going anywhere. No, there aren't people that are flocking to the comic book store that have never read a comic and they're like, let's read the Joker War finale. It's like everybody reading this issue has been reading. So like you don't need to be teasing to make sure that we come back. It's also the Batman book where we're going to come back. Mm -hmm. So that's just like a, it's sounds like a man, Ryan got pissed off. And no, it's just that right there is just an example. You sound like a South Park character. Everybody in the pile. Yeah. Uh, back to the pile. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just like a, that to me is just such an example of like, damn it, Tynan, like you're the man that is holding yourself back. Like <laughs> you're the, uh, no, I get those criticisms. But, I mean, I've heard them before. Like, you know, uh, I, I mean, I was, I enjoyed his detective run. I know, I know mm-hmm. ELTD was a big fan of it in general. Um, but there were a lot of people who didn't. Um, so like, I, I mean, I've heard all these criticisms before, you know, and, and sometimes a writer can be his worst enemy, you know? Yeah. I mean, at the end of the diner scene, it says to be continued in punchline number one. So, mm-hmm. and that's on sale eleven eleven. So don't have to wait that long. It's coming. And I mean, I don't really want to follow a punchline book. So I'm not sold on the character, but it's also like, well, um, let's see what you're up to. Also, I'm, I'm, morbidly curious just because- i need a clown hunter book man like i really think that that character is, is beyond interesting to me oh he, an, an annoying I'm- thing in that one mm-hmm. <laughs> is tynan really likes to just be like see that i'm i'm cussing i'm cussing he's got the you know that i don't know the technical term of like the at symbol money sign exclamation and yeah there are a lot else. of expletives i'll give you that a little too many for my personal taste in a batman book I just kind of hate, I kind of hate that shit. Cause for me, I'm kind of, when it comes to like, right now, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I would like censorship. It's like either write around it cleverly or just let it be in there. And a Batman book's not going to like this title, unless it's like black label, it's not going to have like shit and nothing's going to have the F bomb with, when with Batman. Well, here's another thing too, is just like how many kids, I know people, this is like a general audience thing, and they just assume comic books are for children. Uh-huh. But how many kids go out and buy comic books? I, I don't think there's that many. I think there's, I think it's a lot of teenagers. You know, I don't, I don't, even when I go in the store, I don't see kids picking up like current issues of Batman. They're picking up kids' books, yeah. you know? And I just, I don't think these books are written to those kids. So I think you can get away with it, but it's almost like cable, like cable will bleep out curses or do edits, yeah. even they don't have to because you're paying for cable. You know, whereas HBO is just like, oh, well, we could just do whatever we want. But like, you know, cable can get away with it. They just choose not to. And that's where I feel like DC does what DC or Marvel will do within. Well, probably not Marvel because they're owned by Disney. So they can't do anything any, anywhere near that. But that's just where they do, they just choose not to do it. And I have no problem. I have no problem with putting like the, you know, the at symbol or the hashtag or whatever you want to call them. Um, it, it doesn't bother me, but I was just I'd rather it just not be there than be there. Yeah, and I think Tynan knows that they're not going to print that. Like, they're not going to print his words. So I'd feel like, well, that's more challenging for you as a writer, but then the payoff can be, like, 
oh, that's good writing. If you're like, okay, well then how about we just refrain from shit has to be here and let's find another, a witty way of getting across the same message. You know, can they say like, crap is crap a word you can write in a comic book and not have to yeah. edit it? I don't know. I'm just asking. I think so. I mean, I can't think of a story of like, oh dude, Batman 90, 93 that had crap in it. Woo buddy. But you could, cause it's not a cuss word, but it's kind of like, I mean, you take, I mean, you take the Nolan movies. It's not like that didn't have cussing, but it didn't have a ton of like, adult language and it's like and i didn't miss it and if there was some in there it didn't stand out like it was annoying you know it's like that's just a sign of like a good good writing of like well we'll use the language that we can and make it count and i feel like a little in in issue i think one i just know the clown hunter one definitely stood out of like it seemed every page was some of it and it's like okay we get it he's got a potty mouth like that's just being a teenage punk, though. Let's be brutally yeah. honest. That's that's kind of all that is. I'm still a teenage punk when it comes to language. I got a bad mouth. I'm a teenage dirtbag, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I can shut up if you want to keep going. No, no, it's fine. Take it away. Take it away, Pete. <laughs> <laughs> that's, the, that's the only part I know. <laughs> uh, I think I've said uh, all I want to say on it. You know what's coming before we get to some final thoughts. Peter Vera, what is your favorite part of Joker War? Uh, I mean, it's it's got to be issue ninety eight. Uh, just the oh, the battle, uh, uh, the mental battle of Batman and Alfred, or Bruce Wayne and Alfred. Mm-hmm. Uh, combine that with the actual fight of uh, Punchline and Harley, and I think ninety eight might be my favorite issue in the story. But also just uh, and runner runners up, like I said earlier, just. Batgirl returning as Oracle. Uh, I, I love seeing that. I mean, I, I love Babs in general. So just get, the fact that she had a 50-issue run recently, well, even more than that, like she was doing Batgirls or Birds of Prey and she had the bird inside stuff. But, but, you know, so I, I love Babs in general, but just – and Dick Grayson finally being Dick Grayson again and coming back. Those are the highlights for me. But Batman 98 definitely is probably my favorite issue of this story, and it, it contains probably, I think, the best stuff of the story. Nice. I think my favorite part is – Dipping from the end of 96 into 97, it's Batman in the Monarch Theater. That's good stuff, too. You know? I'm a horror guy. You're a horror guy. That mm-hmm. plays out as a horror scene. And I think that is just like visually striking. And I think it's really cool. And to ever think of that being, you know, a scene like something like that in live action could be like, oh, damn, that could be some creepy shit. Yeah, I mean, just and even creepier for Batman, you know, just the Monarch Theater, Jokerized citizens of Gotham, uh, the Mask of Zorro playing on the screen. I mean, it it doesn't get really more personal for Bruce Wayne than that. Yep. Yep. So I'll go first with this one just because it fits right along. My favorite panel is actually that panel of Bruce uh, wing spread as he's approaching the Monarch Theater. Okay. That's um, right there at the end. It's, I mean, on the, it's got the marquee monarch. It's got Marco Zorro and stuff. And his wings are just spread down in it. And I just think like, I can see that visually. And I'm like, Oh, that's so cool because us fans know not pertaining specifically to Joker war, but looking at that, we know the connection. Mm-hmm. And I just think that's really cool. A really cool image. I don't have a favorite panel. My favorite page. It's a splash page. It comes in Batman 99 
and it's Batman in front of Ace Chemicals with his cape spread. You got the Joker ha ha limousine and it's just with the neon lights and the smoke and just, it, it's, it's really cool to me. I really like, and then you flip the page and then you get another epic Batman splash page in it. I mean, just, I mean, you know, open up the book, flip around and pick out whatever panel you want. Cause Jimenez is just an A plus artist. I just, I put it at that. The, the guy is just extremely talented. Very good. Um, we'll do this first. Do, would you like to see this as an animated movie? I, I no, I don't think, I don't think, I hope Tynan doesn't kill me for this, but I don't think it deserves that kind of treatment. I don't don't think it's, you know, a classic. You've said enough good things. He better not come after you. It's a good story, but I don't think it deserves the treatment of animation. You know, like I didn't feel that way about Batman public enemies either. You know, Uh Uh, there's certain things, uh, you know, I think long Halloween, dark Knight returns, uh, Gotham by gaslight. Definitely. Um, Even though like, I love, uh, the Batman Superman, uh, you know, Return of Supergirl storyline. I don't necessarily think that that deserved a an animated movie either. Um, but I mean, if they make it, I'm not going to complain. But I, I don't think that this story deserves an animated animated adaptation. Slap Batman on something, and I will come. But the I I think that there's just like for this to have an impact, like it should, it needs time to breathe mm-hmm. and to tell this whole story of basically how they how it gets to Bruce's finances being taken over and all that. It's like, it's just way too much story to try and fit into an animated movie's budget. So for me, that's where I, I agree with you that I, for different reasons, I think of, I think there's other stories that would be great cinematically um, waiting to be adapted Mm -hmm. way before Joker war. Yeah, you know, things like year one, Killing Joke, uh, you know, they deserve that, definitely. Yep. Um, yep. In like 40 years, if, you know, time is good to this and people reflect and they think back and they're like, wow, Very this is so really- old, uh, Pete. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Batman will outlive us. We all know that. He is. <laughs> we'll be retired. Right? Hey, Pete, you want to go watch this? Yeah, I, I'll probably get, I'll pro- I mean, can you imagine what comic books will be like in 40 years? They'll be, I don't know, like virtual reality <laughs> point of view. Uh, but, oh my um, gosh. Yeah. That'd be crazy. But uh, I know I just, I don't, I don't think it really deserves that. I mean, I, I like it. I think it's a good Batman story. I think we're fortunate enough to get to what I think are two really good Joker stories coming out at the same time between this and uh, three Jokers. Um, and I, I can't remember a time when that happened again or has ever happened. So, you know, I, I'm all down for it, but I do think the Joker needs a little bit of a rest. Yeah. Um, uh, both just like in comic, I wouldn't be opposed to him taking a, a short break. Nothing, nothing like, you know, nothing like 10 years, but maybe like a year or two, the Joker just in hiding. And I don't think that's going to happen. I mean, I'm sure punchline and the Joker have more things coming along, but um, I wouldn't be opposed to just a little bit of a Joker hiatus. This way you kind of build up the anticipation for his return. Yeah. I think had, the pandemic not really messed up some things that Joker war, I think would have been over before three jokers launched, but because of all that, they did overlap each other. So you almost, some people were massive fans of both. So it's like, they were getting like, it was the best time for them. Mm-hmm. Others. It was a, uh, you know, you're comparing two different stories, but it's Batman versus Joker and two different stories, which one's better. So you're constantly getting that. So I, I don't know. There are some 
some parallels between the two that it was kind of like, huh, well, that's that's interesting, which I don't, I'm not going to mention. You know, it, it was it three Jokers had the zombified pool and in Joker War we had the zombified theater. So, yeah. And there's yeah, there's a couple other things. But I mean, at this. Yeah, so I, I don't know, but um, really quick, because you read more of them than I do. Just uh, how about the the tie in issues to Joker War? Uh, as we mentioned earlier, the Batgirl stuff is the best stuff out there. Uh, the 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 Nightwing stuff actually is, is pretty good. Uh, Dan Jurgens did a fantastic job uh, saving that title early on, and uh, it has really paid off. And um, just everything with the Joker manipulating Dick uh, Rick Grayson at the time, and uh, Dick Grayson's kind of uh, revival. Um, it, it was it was good, and Jurgens has done amazing things with that title because that title was god awful for a while. And um, I, I, it takes a lot for me to consider dropping a Nightwing book. And if it wasn't for him, I probably would have dropped it. But um, uh, the Batgirl stuff t- takes uh, precedence; it's the best stuff out there. The Nightwing stuff's really good. The Batman, the Detective comic stuff doesn't feel like a tie-in, but even though it says it is, I'm, I got to flip through one of these books to see if I can find the checklist. I don't know what else ties in. I don't read Red Hood stuff out of uh, just uh, um, a kind of like get off my lawn attitude because I think yeah. Jason Todd should have always died. I don't think he should ever have come back. Well, you got the two Catwoman issues that oh, you've, and the uh, Catwoman stuff. Yeah, that's uh, that's probably that's probably above the Nightwing stuff. Yeah, but just under uh, Batgirl. And then what was it? Was it called just like the Warzone issue or something like that? Yeah, uh, Joker Warzone. I like that. It, it was there was some good stuff in there. Um, it, it's not great. But it, it's a cool one shot. Uh, it's definitely worth it. Uh, again, I didn't read Red Hood forty eight, but um, if I had to rank it, I'd go. Uh, and then Harley Quinn. I don't remember. I don't remember too much about that. Uh, it was Nightwing seventy through seventy five, Detective ten twenty two to ten twenty six, Batgirl forty seven to fifty, Harley seventy five, Catman, Cat, Catman, Catwoman twenty five and twenty six, Red Hood forty eight. And Batman Joker Warzone. Uh, Jack Batman Joker Warzone was a good time. It's a good. It's a good book. I'd recommend. I that. think it was the opening one of that. Is a story by Tynan, and I think Joker goes and sees Bane and teases about what's coming in twenty twenty one. And yeah, I kind of hate it's. It's just one of those things when you notice something now you can't. When you see it, you can't unsee it. So now it's almost like if I'm reading Tynan, I'm looking for him teasing. Oh, see, there we go. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, damn it. Like, there's another one of this is supposed to be stories about the Joker War. And we're starting it off with a big tease of what's coming next year. And I'm like, dude, stop teasing things. But I thought that was kind of a fun. Yeah, it was kind of a fun issue. I think what they should definitely do, and they could do this and people will buy, is to sell like a Joker War deluxe issue or deluxe deluxe hardcover include these tie-ins like it's they i know they did it before with death of the family and they did it with like Endgame and then a bunch of other i know i'm just referring strictly to just like batman books but they've done they've sold books that would that contain a lot more issues than mm-hmm. all of these collected would and, and i think maybe that could help like oh here's the whole quote-unquote saga of the Joker war and you can get the different aspects and angles in between. And you can get where it teases about that bank heist with Catwoman, mm-hmm. And then the issue ends. And then we go right into that Catwoman issue and follow it up. And I, that makes total sense. Like 
that could I think that could be stronger in the whole story of what Joker War is. In in Warzone, there's a really great spoiler orphan story. And Orphan becomes uh, Batgirl wearing her uh, – where Cassandra puts on the Batgirl suit from um, No Man's Land. And that's a really cool story. It's short. There's a really awesome Ivy story that I really thought was pretty cool. I'm flipping through the book right now, so my memory is coming back to me. Uh, And there was also uh, a cool Clown Hunter story where he takes out uh, a couple uh, of the Joker's top guys and uh, which is the kind of like a tease out of the story. Um, but it, it was cool. And those are the, I didn't like the Bane Joker story myself and I did not like the Fox's story, which, oh, yeah. the, which yep. bums me out. Cause I'm like, Oh, that's it. That's future. That's future state. There we go. Like, yep. I am so worried about <laughs> future state Batman. Like it's nobody's business. Like I have a feeling I'm not going to enjoy any of it. And uh, that's a big concern to me. Yep. I'm with you on that one. So uh, let's, Pete. Why don't you go ahead and tell tell us your your final thoughts on Joker War? Uh, I think Joker War is good. Uh, it, it, like I said, it, it's not it's not groundbreaking. It's it's not absolutely amazing. It's not the greatest Batman story in the world. But uh, I I don't know what people expected. I, I feel like everyone wanted Batman to kill the Joker, and we all know that's not going to happen. So uh, you know, the Joker gets away. That's what he does. Because if he never got away, we never <laughs> would get anything else. <laughs> um, it's a fun story. It's cool. I think the addition of punchline is interesting. I like the concept. I love the clown hunter. I think he's an absolutely fascinating character. I can't wait to see more of him. I wonder how far he's going to push Bruce Wayne. You know, you know, I just mur- murdering people obviously is Batman's one rule and the clown hunter has no problem doing it with his battering baseball bat. So I'm interested and I'm just happy to have Dick Grayson back. So I I think it's an interesting story and the internal battle of, you know, Batman and Alfred mentally is always uh, a great dynamic. So I, I, you know, I think you guys should pick it up. If you didn't pick it up a month biweekly, I I would wait for the trade. I think it's well worth your 20, 20 bucks. They're going to charge you for it. I ended up still in talking with you for me. It's got its, its highs and lows. Um, I like this more than maybe I let on let on it read better for me at my own pace mm-hmm. than having to wait for each issue. It's definitely got its strengths, which to me was definitely the Bruce Alfred mm-hmm. uh, relationship, uh, Harley Quinn and Jorge Jimenez's art. Um, those are all just like kind of home runs for me in the story. There's nothing that completely ruins this and keeps like makes me like, oh, this is just garbage because of blah, blah, blah. So I'd say it's definitely worth reading because it's going to have lasting effects on the Batman title as Mm -hmm. well as DC because there's going to be new characters that have spawned out of this as well as a new comic title punchline. Um, This looks like it's going to be coming out in February of 2021. So you'll have to wait just a little bit. but. it definitely does just read better in or collected than on its own. So if anybody's on the fence, see, um, download that damn hoopla app because February, as soon as it's released, You'll it's going it. to be on there for you to check out for free. One for last free. thing. Doesn't clown hunter just popped in my head. Doesn't he kind of remind you of Rufio <laughs> with the red ball? <laughs> right. Oh my God. That just popped Hell in yeah. here. Well so, done. Uh, that's, I like that's it. interesting. So Rufio. I wonder, I wonder Rufio. if Amanda is a fan. 
<laughs> Rufio, yeah. Rufio. I think I need to make that the page when I when I announce that this episode is dropped. <laughs> Rufio. A picture of Rufio. Man, God bless you, Pete Vera. Oh, that's too much. I like it. I can't unsee it now. <laughs> you can't once you once I pops in there, I'm like, wait, he looks like Rufio. <laughs> now just just like Tynan shit, if he writes a he writes Clown Hunter, I'm gonna be like, damn it, he's teasing again at about Rufio. That's gonna be the two things coming to my head with a Tynan Everybody Hunter. loves Rufio. Come on. Oh my god. Of course they do. Of course he he did a big character switch, okay? He was a dick at first, and he came around and liked it. Maybe that's gonna be Clown Hunter for me. He comes off as a dick, but I'm gonna end up liking him. I don't uh, know. Dude, if he I hope he doesn't change. He's everything about Damian Wayne that I dislike, but I like it in the, you know, like he's just <laughs> He's yeah. kind of like that obnoxious, defiant kid, but he's not Robin, so it's cool. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Rob Myers. I don't like Damien still. I don't think Rob us. Myers doesn't like Damien. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, Pete, this has been this has been a good time. This is good. I, I want you to know we're well above the hour mark. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I see that. And I kind of knew it, too. I'm like, I'm going to be surprised if we talk about Joker War in less than an hour. We well, the last it. one That's we why did, I didn't care Madness either. is a short story compared to this. <laughs> yep. Yeah, you and I also, we just like to we like to chat. We just like to chat, chat Batman comics. But, I mean, And we get to Joker talk War, with all you cool people. That's right. So I hope you, you found this entertaining and you saw how Pete kind of brought me over to his side a little bit in, in liking Joker War. Um. Uh, why don't you drop drop some plugs, sir? You can follow me on social media, Twitter, Instagram, and Zach Snyder's favorite app, Vero, all at at Pete Illustrated. Uh, please follow my podcast, Straight Out of Gotham, that I co-host with the champion of Long Island, Mr. Eric Holzman. Straight Out of Gotham um, on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Straight underscore O underscore G. We have a Facebook group page, which is private. We have a Facebook page, which is public. We have a YouTube channel, Straight Out of Gotham. We have live streams, the Iceberg Lounge and SOG Tonight. Uh, we are venturing out. We're trying to do a lot of creative things. Probably more. We're probably biting off more than we can chew, but we're doing it all for you. And uh, also, if you if you do listen to our podcast, we are having a, a giveaway this month. Um, we are giving away a signed copy of All-Star Batman number one, signed by Scott Snyder, complete with a certificate of authenticity from Main Street Comics in Milltown, New Jersey. All you have to do is rate and review uh, Straight Out Gotham on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. And if Eric and I read your review on air, uh, you are the winner of that signed comic book. So please uh, enter and, uh, you know, feedback is great, whether it's positive or negative. If you're going to burn me, make it worth my while so I can read it and send you a free comic book. Booyah. See, you guys are really nice because you're like, hey, if you write a review, there's a good chance I'm going to give you something. I'm like, please, will you be nice and kind and give me a review? You'll get I nothing. Mean, I'm, I'm pretty much, please? <laughs> it's, you know, I'm I'm begging people. I'm buying, you know, I'm paying them off <laughs> to uh, help out the uh, the iPod, uh, the iTunes algorithm. So I don't know how nice I'm doing. It's definitely all there for myself. <laughs> yeah. I mean. But it's I a cool it. giveaway. It is. Like, that's that's awesome. I I'd highly recommend somebody to just do a review because I mean, it's a good show as it is. Write a quick blurb about how great these, these people are. And then, uh, it doesn't have to be great. Give a I mean, chance. Like I said, if you're going to burn us, make it wild. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Be, be creative with your, with your slamming of them. And maybe that'll win it. Who knows? But I mean, a signed issue by Scott Snyder, like hell yeah. Although I've given away some three Joker stuff by the time this is released, mm-hmm. I'll have done the giveaway for the third issue of, uh, three jokers and, and that's I, been a I lot was of there fun, i so. saw him sign this book I, I was there i was present i i, I you know 
I have a picture of me with Scott Snyder. I was at the book signing. So it doesn't get more legit than that. Like I watched him sign this book. Yeah. So actually there is a possibility that Tynan's keeping tabs on you and Tom King's keeping tabs on you because Scott Snyder's like, Hey, watch out for at Pete illustrated. Okay. I'm sure there's a wild one. There's a lot. I'm sure there's a lot of people on Twitter who think exactly the same thing. <laughs> Who's this jackoff with the big mouth? <laughs> Tyna be like, "Who's this? Who's this dick that's making fun of my clown hunter? Calling him Rufio." Yeah, I love that clown hunter. We all we all love Rufio. Like I said at the top of the show, you can follow the Batman Book Club on the Twitter at the Batman BC. You can also follow now. Oh, I forgot to mention Batman Book Club is on Instagram. Oh, I don't know. I don't know how to do Instagram. So this is a total. What do you mean? You post nice. pictures. How how much different is Instagram than Twitter? It's I pictures mean, and what, hashtags. That's what I'm hoping. Um, but that's like this the same handle. It's the Batman BC. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Lauer underscore Ryan. Pete, you want to finish that for me? Lauer spelled like lower. That's right. Pizza, pizza, good man. And you can write into the Batman Book Club at the BatmanBC at gmail.com. I think another. Oh, a Q&A episode is coming because we've got questions and I usually like to sit on questions and then just do an episode. But now it's like I've been sitting on these for a couple months and I don't want people to think that I'm ignoring their their emails. So feel free to write in and I will I will read them and we will answer some because it'll just be a fun, a fun little episode. And uh, lastly, like I said, uh, the link is in the episode description to rate and review this podcast. And the more reviews the show gets it helps spread the word and that word is panic so for peter vera i am ryan lauer and until next time read more batman comics <laughs>